Good morning, Living Stones. So good to see you on the summer Sunday. Hey, we just want to invite you, if you're comfortable, to come down to the front as we worship Jesus. How many of you know that God says to give him your whole heart? It says in Colossians 3.23, it says to, to serve God wholeheartedly, knowing that he will give you a reward. And it's not for the reward, but it's the joy that we get to serve him. And we give him our whole heart. He gives us everything that we need. Amen. So today, uh, we just want to open up the service. Maybe if you're comfortable lifting your hands, um, just giving God the praise. It says to enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. Psalms 100. So Father, we thank you that you're here in this place today. God, we thank you that your presence is here. Lord, we just give you our whole hearts this morning. Father, we just surrender our agendas, our ideas, our motives. And God, we just lay them down at your feet today. God, we thank you that you're in this room, that you're in this, this middle school. God, that you're not confined to walls, but that you would just have your way in this place. So Jesus, we love you. We give you all the praise. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Come on, would you stand with us? You can have it all, Every part of my world. So take this life and breathe on this heart that is now yours. You can have it all. That's right, we sing. Every part of my world. So take this life and breathe on this heart that is now yours. Sing all the joy. This heart that is now yours. 
Just as a choir, we sing. You can have it all, Lord. Every part of my world. Take this life and breathe on. This heart that is now yours. Can we give God a shout of praise in this place today? I've seen you're too good to not believe. 
echoes I've seen You're too good tonight Sing it if you believe it You're the wonder-working God And you heal because you love All the miracles we'll see Cause you're too good tonight Some cancer disappeared We've seen broken bodies Come on, declare that Don't you tell me he Come on, can we thank you? 
Welcome here. Welcome home. Go ahead and say hi to one another. Come on. How's everybody doing this morning? I could stay in that moment for all eternity. Holy. Come on. (laughs) Ah, Good morning. Is everybody excited today? Good, good. Well, welcome to Living Stones Church. We're so excited that you're here. We're glad that you've joined us. We're glad that you're here in person. We're glad that you're watching online. Wherever you are, welcome home. Oh, my goodness. Ah, So, so good. As we continue in our worship, um, I had a scripture I wanted to share with you. And I wanted to take a little little bit of a tweak of this scripture. I've, I've taught on this scripture quite a few times, but something that just kind of stood out to me a little bit differently this morning. But in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Verse 8. And God will generously provide all that you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others, as the scriptures say. They share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Verse 10, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide an increase for your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Man, that's a good section of Scripture. I could preach on that today. But the one thing that really stood out to me when I was reading this is, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and he'll provide all that you need. Don't do it in response to pressure. And you know what? Our church culture 
is not a church culture of pressure. I, I don't want you to give because there's the needy child on the screen and that's why you should give. I don't want you to give because we need new equipment and new things to go to the next level. I want you to learn the principles of tithing and giving because if you do, if you do, then you will be someone who gives cheerfully. See, that's the difference. So all of a sudden when I was reading this scripture, I was thinking to myself, man, the church gets it wrong so much. Begging for money, asking for money. When all we need to do is teach the principle. Because a cheerful giver comes because you've tried it. Because you did it and you watched God pour out a blessing that you couldn't handle, that you couldn't control. And all of a sudden God's doing things in and through your life that you're blown away by. That's what makes you a cheerful giver. Amen? I mean, we could put, the, there's a lot of need in the world. Are you with me? We could put it on the screen all day long and just pull on those heartstrings going, oh, we have so many gifts and we could give to these people. Oh, but then it becomes this reluctant gift and this becomes begrudging gift. And I just, ah, I want to see you in a place where you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to see what God's going to do next when I when I respond in even more faithfulness, amen, and watch what God does through it. So I just wanted to share that with you this morning as, as we have our ushers come forward as, uh, as we give, and let's pray together. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth. Lord, you love a cheerful giver because you know what happens when we give. We will become more cheerful. We're going to be full of joy and seeing your goodness move in and through our lives. So, Lord, as we give this morning, as we even step, some of us step out in faith for the first time to give and just to see if you would do something. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd pour out a blessing. Pour out a blessing. Show us how good you are and how much you love us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. If it's your first time here, welcome. You are our VIP guest. We have a gift for you in the back. See us as you head out. There's a little desk right there, a little welcome table. See those guys. They got a gift for you. Just fill out the little connection card um, that we have for you, and, and uh, we'd love to get to know you a little bit more as you get to know us a little bit more, and uh, we, we get closer together. Amen? Amen. Where are my youth at? Do we have some youth in here this morning? Yeah, you guys got to represent. You're, you're doing it today, right? We got, a, we got a couple of youth in here this morning. But youth, we are going to have some fun this Tuesday. Oh, my goodness. If you have a high schooler, a middle schooler, have them come. We are going to meet at Bolero in Marietta. We're going bowling. And I bought a, a, a kit, a, 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 a party pack. So two hours unlimited bowling, unlimited pizza and chicken strips for the kids, and then also some video games. So each kid gets a, a little card to go play some video games and have some fun. So get your middle schoolers and high schoolers there. We're going to have a rockin' time and, uh, and fill their bellies. It's going to be fun. Ah, does that sound exciting, youth? All three of you over there? But uh, I'm, I'm pumped also for our youth. So I shared this last week, but, um, and, and I'll have you guys stand up again just because I'm still blown away at it. But Ed and Julie, can you stand up for me? And Taylor, where's Taylor at? She's in the back, back there. But these are our youth leaders, and they're absolutely incredible. A couple weeks ago, they did a yard sale on a Friday and a Saturday, and they raised over $1,400 in two days. Come on, come on. They killed it. It was awesome. Paid for a couple kids to just go to camp and not have to worry about it. So we thought, man, 
if they can do that in those couple of days, what could they do if we planned for it? Because we didn't plan for that. They're just like, can we do this? I was like, yes, you can do this. And so we're going to plan for it. So this coming Saturday, we're going to have some hands, all hands on deck for our youth. But come, if you're a part of the youth in any way, if you're high school, middle school, families of that, come. But we're going to do, do another yard sale. And if you have some stuff you want to donate, some good stuff that is going to help them raise some money to get not only to camp, but to do some more fun stuff as youth. So no matter how much money comes in, if we send all the kids to camp for free because we had ended up doing it, then praise God. But I tell you what, if it goes above and beyond that, we're just going to do more and more fun things for the youth. So that's going to be awesome. So come and be a part of that. Um, it may, I'm trying to get it to be at the parking lot here. But if it doesn't work out, we're going to end up having it at the Leppelman's home So because they, they, they volunteered to do that. So either way, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. And uh, be a part of that. It's going to be really cool. All right. Is anybody excited for the 4th of July? Yeah? we got a few people. Who likes fireworks? Did anybody go see fireworks last night? Nope, because they're still sleeping. That's what it is. Yes, they stayed up all late, so they're still sleeping. No, we, we have fireworks over in Menifee right by our house, and we, we enjoyed that last night. My, my seven, or my nine, seven-year-old, goodness, I'm going back in time. My nine-year-old um, had a hard time waking up this morning from being up late watching the fireworks, but we had a good time. But as a church, oh, man, I'm so excited for this because we haven't done this in a couple of years now. With, with everything, with COVID and all that, it was, there just wasn't a lot of social gatherings, amen? And, and so it was a frustration for me because I like to be out in the community doing things. And so I got reached out to by a local realtor here, and we are going to partner with them to do a 4th of July family fun day. And, and so we're going to do that this coming Sunday. So next Sunday after church, um, we're going to go and meet up at, at the park there. I'll get the information for you. Do we have it there? There it goes. At Abelia Sports Park. So you can see we're the only church on that list. You see that? Come on, somebody. So I love doing these kinds of things. We're going to have free food, jumpers for the kids, a pie-eating contest, all kinds of crazy stuff. So it's going to be fun. And we get to be a church in the local community participating in the local community. Amen? So I'm excited about that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. If you guys hear about more events like this, come and see me because I, I, I can't do them all, but I would love to do them all. So um, and get involved as much as possible. So come and hang out with us. We're going to have some fun. Anybody like to eat? Anybody like to eat for free? That's what I'm talking about. So come eat for free. So it'll be a, it'll be a fun time. Um, all right. You guys have been doing amazing with our Estonia Bible Project. I think we're at like somewhere close to 120 Bibles now. And man, at $15 a Bible, if you'd like to give towards that, you can do that in our giving app. And, uh, and just designate it for the Estonia Bible Project. We have a couple things we support on there. So if you're looking on there, you're like, what is, what is SFP? Well, that's Slave Free Project. That's, that we also raise money for them to help, help people get out of, out of uh, sex trafficking and slavery, uh, modern-day slavery. And we also have for our uh, TCM, which is uh, Tijuana Christian Mission in there. So we raise money for, for our, the orphanage down in Mexico that we go down every single month to love on them. And I can't wait to do that at the end of the month next month. It's going to be awesome. So anyways, get involved in all those different ways. Who's ready for the word? We got some people ready for the word. Let's see if there's some people online ready for the word. Drew Urbasic is ready for the word out in, in, what is it, sunny Texas. Oh, in the free country. There it is. In Texas, Texas, Texas. That's so fun. Everything's bigger in Texas, I've heard. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, 
We got my, my mother-in-law who's still overcoming COVID. Love you. We're praying for you. Thank you for watching online. Uh, the Bush family. Lynette Lawson, so good seeing you yesterday. Love you so much. Um, Sarah is watching on the front row and right here online. Phil Norman, love you, dude. Praying over your health. Praying that everything gets good for you. The Rolden family, love you guys so much. Uh, Dorothy, Dorothy, I just put your first and last name together. Dorothy Faraganin, not Dorothin, but Dorothy Faraganin, love you, girl. You're awesome. Oh, my goodness. I love all the people watching online. And AJ's watching online, too, from the front row. He says, yeah, just in case you're not sure. You can say that out loud, okay, AJ? Just be like, yeah, it's so good. So anyway, while we're preaching today, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 31. And while you're turning there, where are my paper Bible people at? Do we have some paper Bibles in the house? Yeah, we got some blinging ones. Sarah still thinks she has the best Bible in the house. We're working on pride issues, but it's all good. No, she, she does have a beautiful Bible. It's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Now, did anybody see online or see in the news something about Roe versus Wade? Yeah? Can we get an amen? Can we get a shout? There's a lot of lives going to be saved because of that. And, and just, I, I didn't research it enough, so I'm not going to get super political and I'm not going to talk politics, but I did want to celebrate that. But at the same time, we have to understand now that that law just goes to each state. So the states still decide whether or not they, abortion is legal. So even though it's something to celebrate that it's not a constitutional right to be able to kill kids, it is still something from, from place to place. Now, I know that this hits home in different ways for different people. And so I want to tell you this. I'm, I'm very passionately in the middle. Does anybody hear that? Now, that makes some people mad because they want me to be passionately on this side or passionately on that side. And I'm passionately in the middle. Can I tell you why? Because I love people. And there's people on both sides. And so it's, if I can get the equal amount of reach to people on both sides, then that's what's most important to me. But one of the questions we have to ask ourselves with something like this, where, where it seems like things swing in the favor of being conservative, the question is what now? What now? What was one in this? What does this mean for a Christ follower? Good questions, right? Because I think a lot of us, we just kind of jump on the bag of wagon like, yeah, look what happened. I was looking on my social media. And of course, most of my friends are conservative people. So I'm seeing a lot of excitement and a lot of things. But even as I saw all that, I saw a lot of hatred and a lot of anger and a lot of different things on their comments and stuff like that. And so it made me think to myself, where does the Christian person belong in the middle of something like this? Now, who hates when politics are talked about in church? There you go. Me too. Me too. But if we don't address it, then we don't understand, right? And so what I wanted to, to address in this specific moment is what does that have to do with us? Does that mean that we start pointing fingers in people's faces saying, ha ha, look, they got my way? Absolutely not. But what it does mean is that we, are, we have a, a larger responsibility. As the church, we have a larger responsibility to love people. Because listen, if, if, we, if we overturn, if we, we decide that, that, that abortion is non-constitutional, which I absolutely believe it isn't constitutional to have that, but at the same time, what is the church going to do about it? Are we going to take care of young families? Are we going to take care of young girls that don't know where they're at? Like, we got to make sure that we're on the back end going, hey, we're going to back up what we believe and actually go and help people. Are you with me? So that stuff's so important. So as, as you pray over this next week, and even as you're excited about this, this court ruling, 
I want you to think about that. Just going, Lord, what is my part to play in this? How do I support a young mom who, who's, whose boyfriend left them? How do I, how do I pray for and, and work with and do things in our community where we can love on people that are maybe devastated by this news? Come on, somebody. Are you with me? It's, it, we, we, I just wanted to make sure we're thinking that stuff through. I, I'm excited about it too. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm grateful because my mother had me at 19 years old and didn't know who the dad was. It could have been one of any three guys that she knew at that time. I had three different last names when I was born. They didn't they put them all on there just in case, you know. Like we gotta, it's got to be one of these three guys, you know. But I'm grateful that, that my mom did choose to have me because I didn't get to choose to be born or not born. Are you with me? And I know a lot of people who's, now I'm not trying to be snarky or anything else, but I, I've been able to use my life to bless other people. That would not have happened otherwise. Are you with me? So, so I'm very passionate in this specific area politically and things of the such, but I still am very, very passionately in the middle because I love people. Are you with me? Amen? All right, I just wanted to share that and just put that out there. And today's message is going to be titled, Whatever You Do. Come on, tell your neighbor, whatever you do, whatever you do. That, that three dots I learned was an ellipsis. Does anybody know what an ellipsis is? It means the to be continued. This, the, the conversation is to be continued. Chelsea is the master of ellipsis. She just pauses for awkward amounts of time, and I don't know if she's done. I don't know if there was a period there or some other punctuation, but I know I'm not allowed to talk until she's actually done. Are you with me? You know, it's like, I got to figure out, is this what, just a really long ellipsis? Like, this happened to me this last week. We were, I was washing dishes, and she was talking to me from the other room, and she, she said something, and, and, and I said, yeah, and then she, she started talking about a little bit more, and then it was a long, awkward pause. I'm like, is this just a really long ellipsis, or what is going on here? Like, I don't, I don't feel like she's done. And so then I repeated the sentence back to her. She's like, oh, I just didn't know if you heard me or not. I was like, man, I'm serious. I'm sitting here at, the, at, at washing dishes. I'm like, is this an ellipsis or am I supposed to respond? I don't know what's supposed to happen right now. Any men feel me on that? You're like, I, I'm trying this communication thing. It's, it's difficult. Amen. You know, anyway. Turn it, you're in your Bible. Is that 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Are you there? Awesome. Verse 31 says, so whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, somebody say whatever you do, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Come on, somebody. Verse 32, don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles. Come on, don't give offense to, to, to religious people or non-religious people or the church of God. Verse 33, I too try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that many will be saved. Come on, somebody. As representatives of Christ, what are we doing? Come on. That's the question. That's the question that, that hangs in the balance when, when we're dealing with all these political things and all this stuff. What are we doing? Are we creating offense? Are we creating offense in the church? Just by our spouting out our opinion and how, how passionate we are about it. I, I know I offended people inadvertently just by talking about it this morning. But I felt it was important not because of the subject matter itself, but because of where we stand with Jesus. Are you with me? If you can put whatever subject matter you want in there, whether it's vaccines or masks or black versus white or one, other, one thing or another. But if we're not focusing on Jesus, guess what? It's just another distraction. 
another distraction that creates division, and I'm not in. I'm not for it. I want to be a bridge. I want to be a bridge between somebody who doesn't believe what I believe and somebody who passionately believes what I believe. Are you with me? And if we can bring that together, that's what evangelism is. That's how you reach people that are different than you. Are you with me? I was having a conversation this morning as we were talking about hip-hop. Do we have some fans of hip-hop in here? All four of you, good. You know, I, and we were talking about hip-hop, and I did not grow up in a hip-hop culture. I know nothing about hip-hop. To me, hip-hop is awkward. I don't, are you with me? Country music is awkward, but in a different way. Are you with me? Like, <laughs> like, like and, and both of them, every once in a while, I could sit and I could listen to a little Eminem and I can listen to a little Garth Brooks and it's, you know, something is, there's culture in there that's different for different people. Are you with me? But we are here to be what? We're here to reach everybody. Everybody. So that means if somebody looks different than me or talks different than me, it's okay. Are you with me? There's a whole other culture of the body of Christ that we need to reach. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. Let everything you do be for the glory of God. I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. You see, like, I've had a lot of people like, no, you need to take a really conservative stand. I've had a lot of people tell me that. Like, I've been called a coward to my face for not taking more of a conservative stand. Hey, listen, I, I'm a Marine. Are you with me? Like, Marine Corps, like, like guns. All, I mean, I have very passionate stances on things, but i got to tell you, I'm not so passionate that I want to alienate this other person. Are you with me? Like, because this person who thinks differently or sees the world differently than me still deserves the love of Jesus. Come on, somebody. So whatever you do, come on, somebody say, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That's right. Do it all for the glory of God. We go the extra mile. That's the Christian life. The extra mile. We live on the extra mile. The first mile is just warm up. Are you with me? As a Christian person, the first mile is just warm ups. I can't tell you the culture that we live in today finds every way not to make it the first mile. Like, well... I, I, things are difficult for me. I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. You know, I, I just don't have enough. I don't, I, I just don't have what it takes to get the whole mile. I need, I need someone to carry me the f- rest of the mile. Are you with me? But I got to tell you, the Christian life lives on the extra mile. The first mile is just warm-ups. The first mile is just, just, just what we do. <laughs> the next mile is where the fun happens. Are you with me? Did you, did you know that there's, there's no traffic on the extra mile? Does anybody hate traffic? I mean, we live in California. Do, does anybody hate traffic? I mean, the, the, I, I'm pretty sure there's a, a group on Facebook, Facebook called the, the Godforsaken 91 Freeway Group. Like the Lord doesn't live on the 91. I don't know. There's no presence of God there, you know. But If we don't like traffic, then why is it that we have such a hard time just getting through the first mile? Because when we get through the first mile, we get to the extra mile, no one's going the extra mile. Come on, somebody. All of a sudden, when you take things the extra mile, when you start loving on people in ways that they don't expect, they're like, why would you do this? I got to brag on my men's group right now. Adam, come here. Come up here. I know, you don't like being in the limelight. So we're all going to stare at Adam for a minute because he hates it. Get up here, Adam. Adam is our men's group leader. And this guy, I told the church we had a surprise. He, he, he texted that morning, said, I've got a surprise for the men this Thursday. It's going to be awesome. 
what are you, are you spiking my drink there? What's going on here? Like a little Holy Spirit juice? Come on. So Adam's going to surprise the men. I have no idea what he's going to do. And I'm, I'm not even going to men's group this week type thing. I, I've, I've got my own mental health stuff that I'm dealing with. And so that Thursday night, I went and did what I needed to do to be the better man I needed to be. But I thought to myself, I'd really want to be with the men right now. And I don't know what they're doing. I wonder what they're doing. I, I, I get FOMO. Are you with me? Fear of missing out. I don't like missing out. Like, I like to have fun. I like to go do things. And so I'm sitting there going, I wonder what they're doing. I wonder what they're doing. And when I finished what I was doing, I text on the thing. I'm like, hey, man, I missed you. Like, I hope it was awesome. And, and he said, oh, we went and we gave away 70-plus cheeseburgers to the homeless in, in Hemet and bottles of water. And we shared our testimony and loved on these people. Blew my mind. I am sitting there bawling my eyes out. And I told my wife, I was like, can you believe this? Can you believe this? And I, I, he texted me and told me how it all went. And, and I texted him the next day. I said, bro, like, I can't tell you how blessed I am to know that you stretched the faith of our men to take them out and go the extra mile and love on people and put it into practice. Not just something we talk about, but something we do. Amen? And I was just blown away. I told him, I said, God is dealing with my vanity and my, and my pride because I wanted to be there. I would love to be there for that, but he's also telling me I don't need to be there for everything. We've got amazing leaders to lead and take things to a new level and to new places. And so I'm grateful for you. I love you. You're freaking incredible. You understand? Amazing. Give that guy a shout. You know why you didn't tell him? Because then guys would make an excuse. Oh, you know, well, I had a long day at work, and it's going to be hard. I, you know, I just can't make it to the homeless thing. You know, like if we were, if we were, you know, throwing axes or shooting targets, or I'd make it to that, but I don't know about this. Come on. Oh, I see it on the men's faces. Some of them are like, yeah, I felt that. They, he stretched me, took me out of my comfort zone. But you know what? We need that. We need that. We need to be pulled out of our comfort zone. I mean, I wonder how many times in Jesus' ministry when he, did he have his disciples do things they didn't feel comfortable doing. Are you with me? Are you with me? Go, tell them all to sit down. We're going to feed them. WTF, Jesus, what are you talking about? Right? He's like, what are you talking about? You're wondering what WTF, no, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not, you know, some people are like, what church is this? Like, what is going on? All the crazy stuff that happens here. Ah, so many to be saved. I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. When you stop thinking about yourself for a minute and we start to live an evangelistic lifestyle, come on, somebody. All of a sudden, you're looking for opportunities to bless others. You're looking for opportunities to love others. You're looking for opportunities to get out of your comfort zone. I, I've got some crazy people in this church who love to get out of their comfort zone. I, I attract crazy people, if you haven't noticed. Are you with me? Like, like the, uh, people who are like, like just on the, on the fence, they don't last here. They just don't. Like a lot of those people, like, what does he want us to do? What are, why, why are we doing, we're, we're partnering with a real estate agency to do what? Come on. Like just, I love crazy people like Adam. I love crazy people like my pastoral team who just got back from Estonia. Come on, somebody. Oh, my gosh. So exciting. So exciting. Next Sunday, we're going to have them come up and share what all that God did out in Estonia. 
Are you guys ready for that? I'm so stoked about it. So awesome. Where are my note takers? Do I have some note takers? Wondering if I'm going to have any points today? Point number one, I will do everything to bring glory to God. I will do everything to bring glory to God. Oh, Chelsea's calling me. Let's see what she has to say. Uh-oh. Hello? Yeah, do you want to do you want to talk to the people? Here, hang on. I'm going to put you on speakerphone here. Go ahead. talking about how our cell phones can be used to call people uh-huh and they said that i should call pastor justin that's a great idea and i said while well, he's preaching and they said yeah do it and i said i don't think he'll answer and you did yeah everybody say hi to the kids we love you and we are so proud of you thank you so much for raising money to to get bibles for the estonians Come on. So good. This is Chelsea's ellipsis right here. We just needed to um, show them that sometimes when you call, sometimes people don't answer. Oh, sorry about that. It's okay. You did answer, which was great. But we're learning about how kids can just talk to God. They don't even have to have a cell phone to be able to call upon the name of Jesus. That's right. That's so amazing. All right, have a blessed day, kids. Come on. I was like, what is she calling for right now? Come on, somebody. That's just too awesome. All right. I I said the first point, right? Okay, let's see where we're at here. We've got, what, like 15 minutes to get the other rest of this out? We'll see what happens. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 if you're following along, you can follow along in the YouVersion Bible app. I forgot to say that earlier. I put all my notes in there for you. Um, so you can push the menu button on the bottom right-hand corner of the Bible app and it, then go to events. And w- within the events, you can find Living Stones Church and I have all the notes here for you. Make it easy. Verse 14 says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Verse 15. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Verse 16, in the same way, come on, somebody see in the same way. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You know, I think sometimes we forget that last part. We we put all of our good deeds out there for everybody to see so that we can get credit for it. So we can look cool. That's why I knew it was okay to have Adam come up here because he didn't want to be up here. Are you with me? Because he wasn't looking for accolades. He wanted to go and be the hands and feet of Jesus. And that's the difference. See, it's when people start giving praise to our God. When I got the text message that said this is what I had the men do, I was not going, wow, Adam is amazing, even though he is. I was giving praise to God because of his good deeds because of this men's group's good deeds, to go out there and do those things. And that blew my mind. But we are the light of the world. As the world around us spews hate in every direction, let's make sure what we are doing is bringing glory to God. 
Oh, come on, somebody. I know, I know. Some, some of you are like, man, like, goodness gracious, do we have to talk about this? But it's important because it's the world we live in right now. If I could teach old messages from, from five years ago that where we lived in a different world where things were different, we were focused on how can, you, how can you just get ahead in life and do more things and accomplish more stuff and focus on only what God wants you to do. Versus, but you know what? We live in a world that's spewing hate. I'm getting emails saying, hey, pastor, do we have somebody that has concealed carry in our church? Because I'm worried that this Roe versus Wade thing is going to bring in people that are going to be angry at the church. But you know what? We need to love people like so much, which we do have somebody that, that, that's able to take care of that. Just so you know, if we ever had something crazy go down, we got crazy up in here. Are you with me? <laughs> but, but at the same time, our focus is to go and love the world. I will preach, and if preaching puts a bullet in my head one day, then praise God, I'm going to see Jesus. Are you with me? But at the same time, this world is dying around us, and they need Jesus. They need to know him. It is not something that I want to shove down somebody's throat. It's something that if they knew the same Jesus that I know, uh, they would know why, how crazy I am. Are you with me? And when people see you and see the joy on your face in the middle of the craziest time in history, they see that there's peace in you in the midst of all the chaos. And they go, why? What, what, why are you so special? What, what, kinda, what did your doctors prescribe you? Are you with me? Like, how do I get some? Come see Dr. Jesus. Are you with me? Because he gives me a peace that surpasses all understanding. He helps me, he helps me to, to lie down and rest when I get too busy. He helps me to focus on him when all the things around me are trying to take my attention. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. We have a responsibility to the world around us to share the good news of what Jesus has done for us. We have a responsibility. Somebody say responsibility. I'm pretty sure that's a cuss word in our culture. I'm just being honest. Like, everybody points fingers and, and wants to point fingers on who, who needs to be responsible for this and, and very... Less than often is pointing at ourselves to say, I need to be responsible for this. But I got to tell you, like, we are responsible for sharing the good news, for sharing the gospel. We are responsible for that. God has given us breath in our lungs so that we can share the gospel. Are you with me? That's what it's for. That's what it's for. How we live every single day either brings people closer or further away from God. Every decision, it, it doesn't even make them stagnant. Did you know that? It either makes them closer or further away. There is no stagnant. There is a flow that happens in life all the time. You're either flowing towards or you're flowing backwards. Are you with me? And how are we living? Are we living in a way where we're seeking the Lord, where we're seeking his heart? Are we doing everything that we do? Is it for the glory of God? And what you do doesn't mean it doesn't. it's a bad thing. Are you with me? Like just, well, oh man, I guess I got to go be a pastor or a preacher because I can't be a realtor anymore because I gotta, everything I do has to be for the glory of God. You know you can be a realtor for the glory of God? Are you with me? You, you, you can work at your office for the glory of God? Are you with me? We can, we can go down to Mexico on a Saturday for the glory of God. We can travel over to Estonia for the glory of God. We can go and raise money for the glory of God. I mean, what if one crazy person in here decided to go and talk to a bunch of businesses saying, hey, we're trying to get Bibles in the Estonian language to them. Would you like to donate and be a part of that? What would happen? 
we'd be going, well, we, we're, we're excited about the 120 Bibles that we have now, but all of a sudden we start thinking outside the box and going, how can I further the kingdom more than just what's in my own pocketbook? I could put in some effort and see God do something even bigger. All of a sudden, this business gives $1,000. All of a sudden, that business gives $10,000. We don't know what God could do. I mean, we, we start to start thinking in the kingdom mindset that things are bigger. He owns the cattle in a thousand hills. The streets are made of gold. They're not, gold's not even valuable in heaven. Are you with me? Gold is like tar. Are you with me? It's not even valuable at that point. Come on, somebody. All of a sudden, we just start thinking a little bit differently. Is whatever I do for the glory of God. Mark 16, 15. I love this. This is, this is Jesus here. He, he's a pretty cool guy. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Verse 16, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Verse 17, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons by name and they will speak in new languages. Verse 18, they will be able to handle snakes with safety and they will drink anything poisonous and it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Verse 19, that when the Lord Jesus had finished talking to them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down at the place of honor at God's right hand. Verse 20, and the disciples went everywhere and preached and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. The church today doesn't believe in miracles in a lot of ways, but yet Jesus' last words, while standing in a physical form on earth, said, go and preach the gospel, and these signs will follow you. I got a lot of people who follow signs. Like, oh, man, I heard this guy, like, when he prays for people, they get healed and crazy stuff happens. We should go. But you know what? These signs should follow you. They should follow you. As you go and share the gospel, as you share the good news of what God can do, how he can move, these signs follow you. You walk into grocery stores and, and walk out with somebody's cane. Are you with me? You don't need this anymore. God's got something for you. Let me show you who the, the, the living God is. Are you with me? What if the church got crazy enough to believe Jesus? Is anybody offended that I just shared what Jesus said? Oh, but if I told you that you could go and do miracles, you could go and pray for people and see them healed, some people would be offended by that. Well, that, you can't tell them that because what if it doesn't happen? Well, what if it does? What if it does? What if it doesn't happen? Nobody's, nobody's heard anymore that it didn't happen. Maybe God has a different purpose through things. But I tell you what, when you, when you pray and believe and you ask God to do a work and you pray for somebody, you see them get saved and then they get out of their wheelchair, are you with me? And you watch God do things because he said, this is what will happen. You will be able to walk and touch somebody and see them healed and move. This is God's word. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. Go do this. This is what will happen. Are you with me? Man, what happened to the church believing God's word? Woo. Ah. This is your assignment. Go. Somebody say go. Go. Share the good news and make disciples. Do this and miracles will follow you as my messenger. Come on, somebody. Miracles will follow you because he wants to show off how good he is. Because when you pray, when you do things, miracles follow you. 
Are you with me? Not because you're a, ma- a magician. I get people that call me. Hey, hey, can you pray? Because you must have these special prayers that help people to get healed. No, I do not have special prayers. I will pray for you. But I don't have special prayers. You can pray for yourself. You can ask God to do a work in you. You can. You don't have to be some, some magician. I've, I've been asked by other pastors, like, how does it work? Like, do you have to say certain? I'm like, what? are you serious? Like, i got to say certain words to get people to heal? No, it's not a specific prayer. It's a loving father who loves his children. That's all it is. It has nothing to do with you. Are you with me? You don't have to have a theological degree to be able to pray for people. You don't have to have all the knowledge of, of because you've read this thing back and forwards in, in Greek and in Hebrew. You don't have to know all that. You just have to say, God, I know you love this person. I know you love this person, and I'm going to pray with them, and we're going to believe together that that cancer is going to leave your body. And we're going to believe together. And if it doesn't, that you know what? God is still good, and he still loves you, and I'm still in it with you. And I'm going to continue to pray. Are you with me? Come on, church. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I don't know today. I don't know today. Something, something's happening. Point number two for my note takers. I will go into the world and share the good news. Come on. Can we say that together? I will go into the world and share the good news. I skipped in my notes a little bit because I was going to have Adam come up at this point. But I was just too excited. Are you with me? Because that's what they did. They went into the world to share the good news. Uncomfortable as it may be, that's what we do. That's what we do. Do we want a church that our kids are excited to go to 10 years from now? Are you with me? I, I, was, I was spending some time because a lot of you know that there's some, some stuff we're working through in our youth ministry. And I'm excited about it. i got to tell you, like there's things coming out of the woodwork and things happening right now in our youth ministry that's going to be absolutely phenomenal. And I'm telling you that right now. I'm so excited about it. But as I sought counsel, I, I reached out to a friend of mine who led a, a youth ministry of over 300 kids. And I was asking him questions like, what, what should I focus on? What should we do? What should we look for in a youth ministry? How do we grow this thing and help? to impact these kids' lives. And he said, you know what? The kids need a voice. They need to be able to speak into because they're going to be the leaders of the church in the next 10 years. So they need to speak into what this church is and how we move and how we do things. Are you with me? I'm sitting there going, oh, that's so good. I needed to hear that. Yeah, does that sound good to you guys? They're back there clapping. Yeah, that's a great idea. I love that idea. Because you know what? He was sharing with me statistically that 50% of kids who go to college Stop believing in God. 50% immediately. And of the the 50% that's left, only 30% of them would go to things like like camp during the summer, summer camp for for church. 30% of them was camp goers. You know, there's something that has to change in our culture where, where God is not just this religious thing that we go do. On a Sunday morning, well, it's church time. We gotta go to church, and then we'll go to lunch. Oh, we gotta go to church. Come on, somebody. But instead, when you go to church, you start to actually read God's word, and you're like, wait a minute, so it doesn't matter if I'm 15 years old, I can go pray for somebody, and they, they could be healed, and like God can do that? And you start to learn the truth? Well, what if it doesn't happen? But what if it does? What if it does? Are you with me? What if it does? And what if we all had a life where we just said, what if God moves? What if it does? What would happen to the youth of this nation if they knew that if they trusted in a living God instead of religious rules, trusted in a living God, 
followed him, sought his face, knew how to hear his voice, learned how to pray, learned how to believe, and watch God move. We would have a nation on fire for Jesus. On fire. We would stop talking about this political garbage. Because there would be no question, there is a God who lives in the United States of America. Are you with me? I don't know why I'm talking like this. I apologize. I love you. Stuff's coming out. Stuff's coming out. Philippians 1, verse 27. says, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together, one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for faith, which is the good news. Are you with me? What I see right there is a church immobilized. I was, Danny was asking me uh, this morning, are we done with the last series? I didn't, I didn't know if we were done or what happened. And I said, yeah, I think we're done. I, you know, I'm, I'm done with that one. And she's like, so is this a standalone? I'm like, yeah, this is a standalone. I said, and we're, we're going to have the Estonia thing next week, and, and then we're just going to see what God wants to do after that. But, you know, as I sit here, I think about talking about the church immobilized, and I'm wondering if there's something there. Like, this is, this is all unfolding right in front of you. I'm not, uh, this was not pre-scripted. I'm thinking to myself, Lord, are you trying to say something? Because the church needs to be immobilized. Like, even, we are a mobile church through and through. We set up and tear down in this school. But yet, how mobile are we being? Just mobile enough to set up and tear down in a school? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Oh, come on. I don't know. Anyway, we'll see what happens. How we conduct ourselves brings people closer or further away from God. Be mindful. Be diligent. We have one purpose in this mission. Bring the good news to the people so they might know God and join the good fight. One mission. One mission. I think church for too long, and this is just my opinion, so, you know, you can throw it out the window if you want. But the church for too long has just been a social club. That's why it's not surviving. Are you watching what's happening around our nation? Churches are closing their doors all over the place. Half of our church came from another church that closed their doors because the pastors quit. Okay? Half of our church came from that. Then we've had other people quit because this is just getting too hard. I'd rather, at my Sundays, I like having my Sundays to rest and, and just sit. And life is really difficult right now, and I don't need to add extra to it. Can I tell you something? There's something about this good fight that's so worth it. It's so worth it. I, I, I can't stand, I can't stand the idea of sitting on the sidelines. Is anybody with me? I don't want to be just another church that people go to on Sundays because that's what you're supposed to do as an American. We just, we go sit in these things, we put in our change in the little thing as it goes by, and that's how I grew up, you guys. Like, I grew up in church like that, going like, uh, this is just what we do. I drew, you know, pictures on the bulletin. That's what we do. We show up on Sunday, I draw pictures, or I go into kids' church if I really want to, and they're kind of weird in there, you know. This is what we do. Potlucks after church, those you know, this is what we do. And it's become a social club. That's not what Jesus was talking to when he was talking to the disciples right there. When he was talking to the disciples, he says, go into all the world. Tell them the good news. And this is what will happen. Nothing bad. You're going to be able to do things that were impossible a minute ago. And I'm going to put my hand on you as you go and share the gospel with the people. 
This church right here, right now, I'm proclaiming it in the name of Jesus. We're going to see every chair filled and people standing in the back because the truth is being preached. Are you with me? All of a sudden, hey, this isn't just one of those clubs, you guys. you got to come. We're, gonna, we're doing things in the community. We're out touching people's lives. Are you with me? Getting into the dark places. Getting uncomfortable. Oh, I'm so tired of a com- comfortable church. Are you with me, Pastor Keith? He's back there like just lit, raising the roof over and over again, this guy. Excited out of his mind. Joshua Alcala, thanks for watching, buddy. I miss you from the Marine Corps. He was a Marine Corps buddy of mine. I sold him my motorcycle. Thank you for watching. I know it was a, I believe that was you that said it was a rough day a couple days ago. That was the anniversary of losing your daughter. I'm sorry that that happened to you. Um, You are loved, bro. I love that church can be online because you just never know. You never know who's watching. You never know who's getting blessed. Touched by the word of God. <sighs> Sorry, I can't read right now. <clears throat> Thank you. I love you too. Love you too. I love you, Scott. Thank you for being here today. You know, you were sharing with me up here um, when we were worshiping. You came up, and I haven't seen you in a while. It's been a few months, right? And, and, um, he came up and he said, hey, what they're saying right now, up there right now is what God's saying. He's like, don't you tell me he can't do it. And right in that moment, right in that moment, I was praying and saying, Lord, you've given me such a vision for this city and for a vision for these things. And I want to see you do it. And I'm having a hard time believing it. I'm having a hard time seeing it. As I watch more and more people walk backwards and, and, and denounce their faith. I'm having a hard time believing it, Lord. And then just as that, his messenger walks up and says, I have a word for you. This is the word I have for you. Don't you tell me he can't do it. <clears throat> Don't you tell me he can't do it. 1 Corinthians 10, 33, we're going back to that for a minute. I, too, try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. My mission is his glory. Come on, let's shout that together. Are you with me? My mission is his glory. My mission is his glory. Oh, my goodness. Just before our pastoral team went to Estonia, I was sharing with them some changes and things that have been happening in my heart. I love people, and I will go the extra mile for anybody. Anybody. You call me, you'll be in my calendar. There's no question. It's not even a question. If anybody wants my time, you have it. Just ask. Are you with me? But there was something that just shifted in my spirit that said mediocre has to go. Mediocre has to go. And I shared with our team, I said, listen, I'm not looking for mediocre leaders. I'm not looking for people who are going to say one thing and do another. I'm sick and tired of, of believing in people who will not believe in themselves enough to see the fullness of what God wants to do. If you won't believe in yourself, I can't believe in you enough to get you to believe. But I tell you what, if you will believe just a little with me and we'll start going after it together, I'll watch you do things you never thought you could. There are pastors sitting in the seats right now, right now, who never thought you would have that title before your name. You 
never thought. There's people watching online right now thinking, could that be me? Could God call me to something like that? And I'm telling you right now, he can and he will. He will. I'm, I'm tired of mediocrity. I've got to be honest with you. I'm so done with it. Like, come to me with a mediocre excuse and I'm going to slap you with it. Like, I'm just like, I'm done. I'm done with it. I, I can't tell you, like, if you want to be mediocre, there's some great country club churches around here where you can go sit in the chairs and just sit there. But this isn't it. And if that's what you're looking for, this isn't it. And I don't mind if you leave and if that offends you. Go ahead. Are you with me? I'm being honest with you because there's a mission out here that's going to require people not to be pansies. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just thinking about the Great Commission. I'm thinking about what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, go, go and tell them the good news. Go and tell them the good news. If you're uncomfortable, it's okay. All of us start uncomfortable. You start getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. You're like, I don't know what we're going to do, but it's going to be crazy. Here we go. Like, this is what faith looks like. When you start following Jesus all in, not just attending church. Last I checked, it didn't matter. They didn't check your church attendance when you got to heaven. How many weekends did you miss? Oh, that one time at Havasu. No, that's not what they were talking about. We're not talking about church attendance. We're talking about being the church. Now, if we start looking at those types of things and we start measuring ourselves there, are we actually being the church or are we just being a country club? I'm sick of it. I don't know about you. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Sorry, I'm, I know I'm sharing way too many personal opinions, but this is also in the word of God, okay? Like, my mission is his glory. When Jesus was asked, which of the Ten Commandments was most important? I like that idea. I get that tattoo. My mission is his glory. Which of the Ten Commandments is most important? Here's, here's what Jesus said. Mark 12, 29. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord your God is the one and only Lord. Verse 30. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Verse 31. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other command is greater than these. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, if you want to come in and just like coach this place, like we're ready, this is halftime, like I'm ready to take the game. Come on, coach. What do you want to do? He said, this is our game plan. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, and go and love others as you love yourself. Come on. He didn't say, I want you to jump on some political agenda and go and make my voice heard. Listen, God's voice is still loud. He can still be heard. But what he does say is when they come to see you, they will know you by your love for one another. And if he knows us by our love for one another, we got to stop just sitting in a place where, hey, oh, it's good to see you on Sunday. Oh, I just love you. I'm, I'm really glad you're here. I'll see you next week. Oh, my gosh, it was so good seeing you. Like, oh, I, you know, I just, I just every week, is it, the word is good, isn't it? It's just good, Christopher. I'm just, I'm just so glad. I'm blessed coming in, blessed going out, you know. And that's all the church is? Is that all the church is? Is that all the church is? Because if it is, we're closing today. I'm done. Are you with me? Because if that's all it is, then we're not doing anything worth doing. 
But if we can go out and touch people, if we can go out to the ends of the earth and share the gospel, share the good news, no matter how many people yell at us, no matter how many people are mad at us, listen, I'm not here to make people angry. I'm here to share the love of Jesus. I want people to know him. I'm not talking about knowing about him. I don't want you to memorize the Bible. If you want to memorize the Bible, awesome. But I want you to know him. Because when he speaks to you personally and tells you, hey, I'm going to ask you to do something, get out of your comfort zone. I want you to go tell that big, scary, ugly guy that Jesus loves him. Okay. Okay. Shaking in your boots. Okay. I just wanted to tell you that Jesus loves you. And you're not an ugly guy, but, yeah. <laughs> Are you pointing at your husband? Don't point at your husband. That's not nice. He's a, he's a good-looking guy, too. Come on. Come on. You know, they, they, say, they say in heaven, like, that if you had less on earth, that you'll have more in heaven. So don't worry, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to grow back. You're going to have just this. All these people who think they're all good-looking and have these big, luscious heads of hair, don't worry about it. They're all going to be bald in heaven. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Come on, somebody. I'm just teasing. I'm just playing, but... <clears throat> Let's get my worship team up here as we finish up here. My mission is his glory. My mission is his glory. My mission is not is not to have the best programs of any church in the valley. No, that's not my mission. My mission is not to have the, the coolest playground when we have our own, own building and those things. I, I know we will have a cool playground. But that's not the mission. The mission is to go and make disciples. The mission is to go and love a dying, broken world. The mission is to get out of your comfort zone, stop being afraid, and let's go do some stuff. Are you with me? That's the mission. And then you know what? We're going to attract mission-related people. I see so many hearts jumping on there. It's probably just one person who's really excited, but that's okay. <sighs> Was that you, Pastor? AJ, you can, you can be vocal. You're local. Be vocal, man. Be vocal. While you're hitting those hearts, I want to hear like, amen, 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 amen. You know, like, like, come on, dude. We're in this thing. Just scream it, yeah. Will you do me a favor, church? What God showed me through Adam this week is that he doesn't need me to go and be all these things to make this stuff happen. He needs just a few people to say, God, what would you have us do? Because just one person affected a group of people. And as each of us decide, going, Lord, what would you have me do? He's still the boss. If, if I'm even anything close, maybe a glorified team captain, but that's about it. He's still the coach. And if he tells you to do something that's maybe different than how I do it, it's okay. He's, he has a game plan for the whole game. I have my part. You have your part. We each have a part in this. And you know what? Whether it's, whether it's hip-hop or country music or whatever in between, everybody has a part. Everybody has a part. And none of us has the same part. Right, Christopher? That's right. Christopher is growing a beard. I'm so proud of him. That, that miracle grow mixture is working, so it's good. It's good. Following Jesus with a beard, that's it. 
love you, Lord. Father, I repent for just being another country club. Your children are loved by you. And we will stop being weak-minded and selfish and fearful. We're ready to be your church, Jesus. We are an army for your purpose. Lord God, I pray, Lord, that everyone here today and watching online and even the ones that come over the next few weeks, God, I just pray, Lord, that your this seed that's planted in our hearts, that seed of the Great Commission, it's not just a good slogan on our website, but it's the mission in which we live. So, Father God, do your will, do your work in and through this place. will work in our hearts, God. Help us to overcome fear. To go and share love with people. Share a meal with people. Spend time with people that we don't have time to spend with. Your church is mobilized, God. If you're in here this morning and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, I want to introduce you to my best friend. This is the same friend that would let me do dumb things and still love me. It's the same friend that allows me to get up behind this pulpit still, even though I'm not your typical pastor. It's the same friend that saw me as a young kid, saw me as a fighter, saw me as a Marine hockey player, motorcycle rider. And he said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And you know what? He says that about you too. Everything you've been through, it can either just be a part of your sob story or it can be a part of your testimony. It's a comeback story. It's a comeback story. Because you'll be able to say, even when I was drinking and partying, even when I was hung up on drugs, even when I was addicted to sexual immorality, even though I was there, God still loved me. And He still cared about me. And He still had a plan for me. And when I chose to put that stuff behind me and chose to seek after Him, here's what He did in and through my life. That could be your story. And it will be. It starts right now. It starts with saying, God, I need you. I can't do this by myself. If that's somebody here today or watching online, if that's you, you're like, oh my gosh, I want that. I want that so bad real relationship with God. I want to see, I want to walk out that great commission. I want to go and pray for people and see them do miracles and touch people's lives and do impossible things. I want that. If that's you here this morning, you're like, I'm ready 
to step into a new place with Jesus. If that's you, just raise your hand for me. I'm going to pray for you. Is that anybody here today? I see your hands, sweetie. New things, new things, new things. If you're here today and you're like, I'm ready to, to switch. I'm ready for the switch from going from country club to a, a church on a mission. If that's you here this morning, put your hand in the air for me. Yeah, I figured that's who God had left. The ones that lapped up the water the right way. You tell me he can't do it. <laughs> he can't do it. You're doing it, God. Church on a mission. Here it comes. You tell me he can't do it. Come on, somebody. You tell me he can't do it. Seen families reunite. You've seen prodigals return. You tell Come on, me stand to your feet for a moment. Let's do this. You tell me he can't do it. We've seen troubled souls delivered. We've seen addicts finally free. Don't you tell me he can't do it. You tell me he can't do it. It's time to get uncomfortable. See cities in the fire. Salvation flood the streets. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. You see glory fill the nations like the world has never seen. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Cause I know that he can't do it. here in the building, I want you to take this like prophetic step of faith, saying like, you know what, I feel the comfort of the boat, I know what that's like, but God, I know there's more, and just like Peter, you're saying, if it's really you, God, call me out, I'll walk on the water, and I want you to take this prophetic step, just like Pastor Keith just did, overachiever, no, when you feel that in your spirit, you just can't deny it. I want you to get out of your seat, and I want you to come up here and just take that prophetic step going, hey, I'm ready for this new wave of what God wants to do. I want to walk in this. I want to see what God is going to do in and through me. This be a sweet, sweet offering to you, Lord. This is your church. 
ready to stand in the gap. Father, we will not let the rocks cry out in this hour. We are ready to serve you. We are ready to give you praise. And we are ready to take and take this city for you, Jesus. No glory to any of us. My mission is his glory. Whatever we do, we do it for your glory. starting today for so many of us in here the shackles of shame the the fear of failure all these things are falling off of people right now because it's too good to not believe he's too good to not believe 
felt this resounding in my heart saying, here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, Lord, send me. Send me. Send me. Here I am, Lord, send me. In the middle of the pandemic, I was asked, why wouldn't I go and take over my father's church when he passed away in Florida? And my answer is still the same. Because God needs people in California that love him. Church, we are going to do this. We're going to see a move of God like we've never seen before. Because he's too good to not believe. Don't you tell me. Don't you tell me. Don't you tell me he can't do it. He already did it. He's doing it again. Do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. We are your chosen people. Do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. I pray, God, that we have people in every social aspect of this city reaching people. I pray that there's people at the, at the volleyball games, at the basketball games, at the t-ball games. God, I pray, Lord, that your, your servants are everywhere everywhere infiltrating this city. God, I pray, Lord, that this city would be on fire for you, on fire for you. That is our only goal, our only mission. Your name be in lights, Jesus. It's all for you. It's all for you. Our life is an offering to you. Cheerful givers in this place, come on. You're too good to not believe. 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 After everything we've seen, you're too good to not believe. Too good to not believe. Too good to not believe. He's just that good. He's just that good. Let's get back to the Bible. Come on. Self-help is good, but let's get back to the Bible. Let's get back to the mission. Let's not forget why we're here. Let's not forget why God gave you that house. Let's not forget why God blessed you with that child. Let's not forget why God blessed you abundantly above and beyond all you could ask or think. Let's not forget the why, the mission, what we're called to do, what we're created to do, why we have breath in our lungs today. It's not so we can complain about the world we live in. It's so that we can go and change it. Change it with his love. Not with political agenda. Change it with his love. I'm here to love you. Spit in my face if you want, but I'm here to love you. Punch me if you want, but I'm here to love you. Slander me if you want, but I'm here to love you. Why do I love you? It's not because you're different than me. It's not because you're the same as me. It's because Jesus loves you. That's why I love you. That's why I love you. He's too good. He's too good. Father, we're here. We're ready. We're ready for what's next. I pray, God, that you'd give visions to these people right here. I pray, Lord, that you'd speak to them, show them in dreams, show them in visions, what we're to do next and how we're to do it. 
Give us the guts to step out in faith and do it, God. Give us the guts. I'm so ready for what's next, God. We thank you and we give you the glory today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Amen. You're too good to not believe. <laughs> oh. Come on, John. He's too good to not believe. He's too good. He's too good. He's too good. He's too good. You ready for this? We're doing this together. You ready? Come on. Come on. Come on, beast boat. It's time to go. It's time to go. Thank you.